Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everyone, to the Big One Podcast. This is your boy, B-Boy. And with me, to my virtual left, is... A new guy. And to my virtual right. Baby G, how we doing? I was curious which one of you was a lefty and which one of you was a righty, and you answered my question. You know, in hindsight, I would love to be a right-hand man. I think I'm your right-hand man, so it makes sense that you're on my left. Ooh, I like that. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah. I dig it. So, um, nice. But yeah, we're uh, we're the Big One Podcast. We're a podcast that talks about motorsports, a lot of NASCAR, um, but we talk about F1, IndyCar. We're one for one in both of those sports this year. We talk mm-hmm. ARCA, obviously a NASCAR-related series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't talk Supercross. I noticed that they were racing this weekend, um, or maybe it was an old race that I just happened to see on YouTube TV. But yeah, um, we don't talk them, but basically any good motorsport we talk about. oh my god get them <laughs> formula e, that's that's a good one drag um yeah we talk a little bit about yeah. everything we don't limit our motors to internal combustion yeah we do electric motors we do electric motors we do like that we do like that yeah. it's, uh, it's entertaining if you not watch it you should check it out um speaking of who's our sponsor this week boys Oh no! Oh no! Is this the oh, the episode where we don't have one? I was not able to secure a sponsor this week. Does this mean the podcast ends? Oh, no. are we not able to fund the podcast? Yeah, I, I'm out of tape. My tape is like doing that thing where it's whipping <sighs> yeah. itself. Oh, I think on. we're all gonna have to chip in, and I think that this episode is gonna have to be sponsored by the Big One Podcast. Yeah, can your niece sponsor us again? Uh, she's flush out of cash, man. <laughs> how, are, how are those 401ks looking? We're going to have to do a little uh, early distribution from the 401k to fund these operations. My right. my niece had all of her bank accounts are with SVB. So mm. that happens. She's yeah. done for. Yeah. Very illiquid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this week's episode is sponsored by the Big Wood Podcast. Uh, America's America's podcast for something uh, yeah. um yeah and so let's go ahead and jump right into where we get into uh where we do some race recaps let's do some race recaps starting the weekend at phoenix i almost said vegas jeez mm-hmm. it's right at the top of my notes this is mm-hmm. dumb mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> phoenix we had an arca race on friday night did you all get to check that out at all i missed the arca race no i was busy getting a camper sort of set up but i mm-hmm. did catch a good bit of it and then watched the end of it, because the end of it was super good. Go back and rewatch final two laps at least. A um, lot of young kids up at the front fighting it out. Did not look young. You know, we get those young drivers in truck, and they look way in over their heads sometimes. But these ARCA drivers looked real good at the end of that race. 15-year-old Tyler Reif wins it with a last lap pass. And, uh, you know, the all-important news, the one that you're actually tuning into this podcast for, is that Frankie Muniz finishes sixth. That's amazing. I love yeah. it. He's 10 points back from the lead in points. Oh, baby. It's early. It's early. But he clearly knows what he's doing, and he's not there to be, you know, uh, a silver spoon. So that's I, cool. boys, I think that I'm going to make a prediction now. Uh, we're going to see Frankie Munez in person driving a truck in front of us at a track within the next five years. That would be dope. I could see it just because. Because he is going to be more apt to get sponsors. Yeah. Just overall. Yeah. And so I'm with you. I mean, there's going to be, maybe he takes over Matt Crafton's ride when he finally steps away. Ooh, That'd be dope. Baby. I'm um, here for it. Cool. Uh, well, Xfinity Race, let's jump into that one then. Saturday. Who got a good recap of that one? I can jump in on Xfinity. So we got Saturday afternoon racing action out in Phoenix. A cold cluster starting on the pole. Kyle Bush had. Some kind of issue where he had to work his uh, way through the field. He started all the way back in 37th. Um, So race started out. We got a caution for debris on lap 31. This was interesting. They never really said what the debris was, but at a certain point, they they didn't throw the caution. The camera is showing the debris on the track, and someone actually hit it. And and then they thought it was a good time to, you know, push the button once the car had actually, you know, (laughs) hit the debris. So that was absolutely wild with some of what we've been seeing in the Cup Series so far this season. It's not the worst time. Um, so Allgaier, he jumps in the lead. So Creed had um, 
past Custer on the pole previously in the entire race, and as soon as Allgaier makes the pass, Josh Berry goes around and spins uh, for a caution. So ended up about two laps to go on the first stage restart. They go four wide, and Allgaier ends up uh, getting that stage one win. Stage two comes around, immediately have a spin on the restart. So it was one of those unfortunate situations where they're hitting the commercial for their stage break, coming back, immediately another break. So that, that kind of kills some momentum early in the race sometimes, but didn't kill the momentum for the entire race. So um, another caution, stage 70. A lot of interesting stuff on pit lane again in this race. It seems to be a common theme this year. The guys just can't get locked in with their pit lane speed or mm -hmm. they're losing equipment so we've got Nemechek with a pass-through penalty Josh Berry coming in with another spin with six laps to go in stage two so this is another one where right at the stage beginning or end you've got a um you got a spin that takes us right into a commercial so another dead 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 time on the race which I hate when that happens I mean I, I get that why we need stage breaks for commercials and money bringing in but when you get a spin right before or after the that break, it just kind of kills a lot of momentum. So a couple things to wrap this one up. Uh, Kyle Busch gets up in the lead. So we started all the way back in 37th. Does get up to the lead. Another spin caution. I've just got notes. So many cautions. Like these mm -hmm. Xfinity guys just, when it comes down to the nitty gritty in these races, they, they get super aggressive. They don't necessarily have the experience to be aggressive as they are being. Um, end of the race, though, Sammy Smith, he outduels Kyle Busch on the restart. Gets his first win in Xfinity, and I did not know that Sammy Smith was still in high school, so that's got to be so freaking cool to go be a high yeah. school senior and go win an Xfinity race and be able to go back and talk it up yeah, with all go, your friends. Go to so, school on Monday. Yeah. Go to school on Monday. What's <laughs> yeah, up, babes? Uh, yeah. I've got a big-ass trophy here that I'm bringing in. So all in all, it was, a, it was a fine race. Unfortunate that some of the stage ins and outs ended with cautions or spins, but that's what you can get sometimes. What do you guys yeah. uh, think of Xfinity? Yeah, it was good. Uh, you recapped it way better than I did. I just basically said it's nice to see Kyle Busch not dominating the Xfinity series. I mean, I I want him to be there. And I want him to be competitive. I just don't want to see him dominate, you know? Um, and that's what he's got. He has to work really hard to be up there and compete for these wins, which is, which is great. And it's good for college racing, too, because it's upping their program, too. And then, um, yeah, both of the JGR cars are guys that were looking for their first win. You know, you said Sammy Smith dueled Kyle Busch for it, but really who he dueled in those last couple laps um, was Ryan Truex, who has been around for a long time and has never been able to uh, to uh, punch a ticket, right, and, and win a race. And this is the first time that he's in really good equipment. Um, he just never had equipment quite like this JGR stuff. So really cool for him to be up there and uh, be racing pretty well. Um, yeah, for those that don't know, he's brothers with Martin Truex Jr., um, much younger though, I believe Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. is somewhere around like 42, maybe. I may, I might be making that up. Um, but uh, Ryan Truex is younger than me. I think he might be 29 or 30. So I was honestly wondering if it was a son. I did, I never looked into it. I just saw Ryan Truex and I was like, oh wow, I wonder if that's his son that's racing in. But that's interesting that it is a brother. One of those kind of big gaps. But that's cool to hear. Yeah. And right now he's got the main. Um, the the new guy main the Ryan Blaney type main Corey LaJoy type main going on so nice. no he's got to be a, a favorite of one oh, of our yeah. podcasters for sure a little bit of swagger there I'm a fan already Ryan Truex yeah. sign so, me up uh, yeah good good race Xfinity delivers yet again that brings us on to Sunday Sunday a couple different um, storylines that didn't necessarily happen on Sunday but uh, one thing we covered last week is that new short track package. Right, we didn't really know what to expect. Thirty percent less downforce. Drivers seemed to like it. The ones that tested with it before they got to the weekend, so they were optimistic. Um, I heard Denny Hamlin say that he stood up in the drivers' meeting and told everyone, "Cool your jets, let's race it, let's see what happens." Um, and then he made a good point about like it's just one racetrack, it's one data point. Phoenix is Phoenix. Phoenix, since they put a bunch of money into it, hasn't actually had the best racing, and so you know may not be indicative of how good these changes could be. Um, that all said, well, the other big storyline was that the louvers, which is a great word, by the way, um, but the louvers, which are the things, they're, they're, they're kind of uh, like tunnel, air tunnel pieces that direct the air from out of the radiator back up through the hood. They're the, the hood vents, basically, as you see them. Um, those got confiscated from all of the Hendrick cars and got replaced with brand new ones. And then they also took uh, Haley's um, number 31 colleague car 
Louver as well. So all Chevys. Uh, but they got confiscated. Jeff Gordon made some comments about it after the weekend, basically alluding to the fact that, like, yeah, we're probably busted. Um, you're not allowed to make changes mm. to these parts. We said it last year. Brad Kozlowski, I think, was the very first one to get hit with it last year. And just got dumb. slapped hard. Just a real dumb decision. And he got, yeah, he got slapped real hard. Um, so could be really bad for a lot of Hendrick drivers. Um, yeah. But you know who it isn't bad for is uh, Chase Elliott because he's not a Hendrick driver. Dang! Wow, Chase. I my uh my conspiracy theory that I just came up with is that Chase Elliott deliberately broke his leg because he knew that they Classic. would get caught, and he didn't want to be part of it. And turns out he did kind of luck out as uh he would be the only Hendrick driver now that the penalties have been announced to not get hit with the driver's points penalty. Instead, it would be Larson, Bowman, and Byron all receiving level two penalties. That's 100 points taken. That's negative uh, 10 playoff points, which means everyone but Byron ends up in the negative points from the playoff points perspective, which is big. 100 points definitely going to be affecting the regular season standings, which is also worth some playoff points. Um, so really, really big penalties for Hendrick. Colleague also, Justin Haley, gets the same penalty. Um, maybe worse for him, he's all the way down to negative 10 playoff points now, which it is confirmed that you can start the playoffs with negative 10 points. Um, if, if, if Haley were to win a race and get himself in, obviously gets five from that, but it could start as low as negative five, um, obviously making the playoffs. Uh, he's also negative 40 points behind in the standings, which is, uh, kind of crazy to think about right now, but we're only four races in. He'll get positive again. I'm sure. Um, the last penalty that, uh, the last penalty that was announced was for Denny Hamlin was for racing incident, not for the Louvers. The Louvers penalties all just went to the teams. Um, and like I said, Chase Elliott, not a part of the driver's penalties, but the nine team did have the owner's points taken away for a hundred points, uh, regular season and 10 points playoff. So, um, just like last year, going to have some differentiation between the driver's points and the owner's points when we get to playoff time. We'll see how that plays out this season on the Big One Podcast. If I may, uh, I really like the, I like, well, we'll see what the punishment is. I mean, if they're cheating and it's, and the punishment is severe, sick. I'm, I'm cool with, honestly, if they're trying to take a part that isn't as visible and cheat to try to win more. <laughs> Honestly, like if the if they know that the risk is they're gonna get punished a whole bunch for it for getting mm-hmm. caught, I'm cool with both sides of the equation. Like that's that's entertainment right there. Would I prefer they don't cheat? Absolutely. But cool. This relates to my rapid fire question, so we're gonna we're gonna oh, we're gonna shit. hold hold it. No, you're good. You didn't you never step your bounds. The question's still valid. All right. Uh so let me talk through the rest of Sunday. I don't have it as laid out as Baby G does, but some of the things that I noticed, at least, um, the Hendrick 24 and 5 cars were the dominant cars. It was hard to pass kind of overall, but they, they had the best cars. Um, it really looked like one of the two of them was definitely going to win until the four car somehow uh, muscled his way back up there and took the lead from a Chevy. Uh, gasp, grab your pearls. I mean, just amazing stuff. Um, Almarola loses a wheel. It's going to be one of those suspensions. To, he got held for two laps. He'll lose two, two crew members for two races. Um, the 2-2-2 penalty, as I'm going to call it. Um, and then uh, there's something about being too loose in the 2-2-2. I'm going I'm to come up with a good joke for that. Um, the four car, yeah, that long run speed that he got to the lead late. have no clue how that happened. Just managing tires. He's always been so good at Phoenix. Something, something there. He also ran the bottom, whereas everyone else seemed to have to run the top. So uh, I don't know how they had that car set up, but... Good omens for the end of the year because this is where we go and race for our championship. Um, the restarts were good. You could pass. But then once you got in line, tires got a little bit of uh, heat in them, scrubbed off a bit of rubber. You couldn't really do a lot. And then on the long, long green flag runs, you could maybe make up a position or two. But that, w- that was it. There wasn't a lot of passing. Um, another questionable late race caution. Did you all did you all catch that one? Um, yeah, I've got bullshit late stage and a stage Lord, caution. Yeah. They're literally hitting the wall the entire race like super hard they're showing replays lead in and lead out of just about every commercial break where mm-hmm. the guy gets a little loose slams into the wall and then i don't remember how many laps exactly were left but 
Harvick was literally running away with this race. Like, nobody was going to catch him. And we got a little bit of nick in the wall, a little bit of dust, and immediately there's hammering that yellow flag light to throw the caution, right? So, yeah, to play devil's advocate, it, there was a full spin, but the, the conditions by which they, they throw a caution are not defined. But I generally feel like they throw a caution if a spin will slow down another driver. Like, if the pack is behind a guy that spins out, they're going to throw a caution because that whole pack has to slow down, right, to avoid him, right? So they're going to throw a caution. But when you spin out and you're at the tail end of your pack and it's not going to affect anyone else and you get the car righted, refired, and you're continuing to move, those are grounds to all the right conditions to not throw a caution, and that's basically what happened. So, um, yeah, uh, even even the announcers called it out and said, wow, he corrected that really quickly. Are they going to throw it? Oh, they threw it, and you could hear it in the voice <laughs> um, that they were disappointed in that. Um, I think it also helps that that whole Fox box is nothing but Stuart Haas, like fanboys and former racers, so they really wanted to see Harvick win. So, um, But... We go to overtime. Well, actually, we go to one restart, and then we go to overtime. 24 gets it done. Um, it was interesting, really interesting, because we had cars with four tires on them that had a shot at potentially getting to the lead. So those last two restarts were really, really good. Didn't, in my opinion, save the entire rest of the race. But um, And then the last thing I have here is just Denny and Ross, like magnets, um, once again, tangling on the final lap. Um, but I wrote that note. Before I heard Denny's podcast, uh, did did y'all hear about this? I did, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Denny let go of the wheel, apparently, when Ross was outside of him, knowing that he had bad tires and was going to finish somewhere around like 12th or 13th. He just decided to wreck both of them, um, wow. which is an interesting admission, hmm. um, given yeah. NASCAR's previous penalties for people that admit that they intentionally took someone out. So That's, that's an odd choice. Uh, I'm curious to see if that's going to come bite him. And since the recording of this episode, Denny Hamlin now has been docked 25 points and $50,000 for what he did. It's 25 driver points, not 25 owner points, because, well, it was the driver who did the action. So he gets the penalty. Head back to the podcast. Yeah, this is definitely a, an effect of him now having a podcast. Uh, we know the power of podcasts. That's why Too we're true. professionals uh, and we don't overstep our bounds. The number of times um, I've gotten in trouble for things said on here. Boy, oh boy. You've been kicked off a couple times. That's why yeah. you missed episode two, right? I've yeah, lost count our Daytona episode of how many times why. I've been canceled. <laughs> the number of penalties <laughs> call them, you've levied against me? Jesus. That's why you're always the new guy is because you're constantly the canceled <sighs> comes yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Too true. Don't know why we keep giving you second chances, but... That's everything I had for Cup. What did y'all have? Anything else? Got a couple of call-outs. So as far as stage points, William Byron takes stage one. Um, okay. Kyle Larson takes stage two. And then obviously Byron, we talked about, uh, took it home for the win. I don't know if you guys caught this on the broadcast or not, but is this new this year? Fox had this cool little stage graphic on their sidebar. Yeah. Where as the stages were going, it was kind of showing incremental, like we're 10 laps through 20, 30. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of just like a bar where it was building at the top mm-hmm. and that was a really cool visual, and I think it's something that they can kind of use quite a bit. It, it was a neat little feature that Fox added. I, I don't know if this is the first race or not, but I don't ever remember seeing it. I, yeah. I didn't see it, and people reacted online like they had never seen it, so I think it must have been the first time they used I it. So. But the other thing that is a feature of it that it was hard to see because the race was so green is that it breaks down where the cautions are, too. Yes, that was very cool. That's I like helpful. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What a great, efficient use of Let's space. Let's hope we keep that green most of the rest of the races that Fox is covering here. Sure. I don't mind. I don't mind restarts. You know, I'm good. Yeah, restarts, I but. think that especially at this track, uh, you know, the late the late caution is bullshit. Uh, well, at least it's you, you don't you don't want to see the late caution rather. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the restarts were the main. I mean, the restarts are the most fun thing to see at this track, and especially during mm-hmm. this race, like. The restarts were super exciting. You could actually make use of the dog leg to pass people, which is yep. like not super common at Phoenix uh, in, in past years. And yeah, the restarts ruled. Uh, the rest of the race, eh, not so much. But yeah, I think I- ideally, what you see here is you end up having, you end up wanting at tracks like this um, a lot of cautions early in the race. 
because it means that everyone has a chance to adjust their cars and maybe see if there can be a differentiating factor. Harvick catching up at the end, maybe he could have been competitive in the second stage had there been some more cautions in the first stage, right? He would have had more chances at trying to adjust that car. Um, the other thing about the dog leg, I was glad you said something because I actually forgot about this, but I think the dog leg was more effective this year because downforce was down. And what they couldn't do or what they needed to do before was if you had a nose on someone, you had to stay close and side draft him. And so you couldn't take advantage of making a big spread out and actually try and get an advantage that way. But there was much more of that this year. And so I, I think to your point, the dog leg could be utilized to its like fullest extent, which is which is the most exciting part about Phoenix. So yeah. You touched sure. on this a little bit on some of the four tire guys at, at that last when that late, late caution came out, a couple of guys took four tires and that was an interesting strategy that ultimately didn't pay off because, for example, Harvick was one of those guys. He was, I want to say, back in 7th or 8th, and he literally just got boxed in and had nowhere to go on that restart. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't take advantage of the four tires. He kind of got just shuffled around and got stuck in the middle of the pack on that restart. So the strategy didn't work. But well, for Reddick, it did. Reddick started yes, behind correct. Harvick yep. and finished third. So like I think the new tires were good. If you could be on the bottom line, I think being stuck up top, there wasn't enough space. There's just nowhere to go to take advantage of them. Exactly. So last last thing I got on this one, our boy Blaney took second. Unfortunately, always the bridesmaid, not the bride. But one of these (laughs) weeks, he's going to take her home. Anyone from second to fourth, I would have been very happy to have won over uh, the 24. But uh, Byron, um, there are a lot of drivers in the last three or four years where, you know, some people and fans have been saying, why Byron? Like, why is he in one of these Hendrick cars, which is arguably the best team to be a part of? And a lot of drivers have backed him up and said, that guy's going to be very, very dangerous in a few years. And Hendrick doesn't doesn't bail on their drivers for the most part. They've had some failed experiments, but for the most part, the longer they stick it out with Hendrick and with a single driver, mm. that driver gets really good. And this Man. 24 is going to win a lot of races. I mean, year. with Byron coming into his own, like the vision that Hendrick had a few years ago when they hired on these drivers and then bringing mm-hmm. in Larson to fill it out. I mean, bringing in, in these young drivers who had so much talent. These guys yep. are so young as well. This is already, I mean, like we've seen it this year. This is such a dominant team and they're going to remain dominant for so so long with the engineering the creativity that you know led to this uh potential cheating scandal and with the quality of these drivers i mean like yeah hendrick is going to be up front non-stop yeah i thought it was interesting that yeah obviously it affected all four hendrick cars that they took the louvers louvers out and then replaced them with the standard part right but like didn't slow him down. Yeah. All four cars in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then Josh Berry getting a top 10. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, shows that maybe even the week before, if he hadn't had those gas pedal problems, potentially he uh, he would have they would have back-to-back all four cars in the top 10. So um, the last the last thing I'll say on Hendrick, just I'm curious if you all knew this, but um, the 24 and the 5 share a shop at Hendrick and the 48 and the 9 share a shop at Hendrick. And notice that one of those shops is outperforming the other one right now. Um, mm. Tends to happen. Tends to happen. It's at some of these teams. That I wonder the, what the specific differences are. I think it's just you work a little bit closer to those guys, and when they run setups, they don't like to run them like they don't run all four of them on different setups. They tend to run like these two on one, these two on one, and so that's just kind of how they get paired up. Yeah. Um, but it's been like that for a long time. There were back in the years of Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, they were always on the different setups and with like, you know, Dale Jr. with Jimmy and Casey Kane with Jeff Gordon. And so you would always see like one of the sets of pairs doing better, Jimmy and Jr. for the most part. And then Jeff just being a better yeah, you know, would finish a little bit better. I wonder if it is, uh, God, I would love to be able to learn the details about these organizations, the details they never reveal. Cause I really do wonder mm-hmm. if it is a thing about the, about the shops and the, you know, engineers behind the scenes, or if it is like the drivers and the quality of feedback that they give, it's, God, it's one of these mysteries that I wish. 
you must be reading my mind here because you're kind of leaning in a little bit to one of my rapid fire questions there. Oh my so God, I mean, that's, well, that's a little bit of an, another like teaser for later in the. You're episode. gonna get canceled again. <laughs> I will say, speaking on speaking on speaking on Hendrick Motorsports, like if you are a new fan, new new listener to the podcast, and you want a team to root for that's gonna win a lot of races, you better jump on Hendrick Motorsports because these four guys are just absolutely insane with Bowman, Byron, Elliott, and Larson. Like, if you want to be a front runner fan. Jump on Hendrick, and you're going to see a lot of, a lot of white uh, checker flags in your future, mm-hmm, for sure. I feel like Byron and Bowman are just big old drips, and Chase is like he's just too sweet. I want, I want them to get some spice to their personality. I don't know. We'll see. They're young, you know. They got plenty of time to develop grudges. Well, it wasn't spice enough. The big, the big hat that uh, that Byron's wearing in Victory Lane. Whoa! I loved it. Yeah. Oh, never it. mind. I take it back. New favorite driver. I'm a Byron boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're called like noggin caps or something. I'd never seen them available. I've only seen them since like the football players started wearing them. Um, but they are. You can buy one. It's like a hundred something dollars. But I also noggin think cap? it's got to be. If I saw someone wearing it out in public, it's like someone having a, t- a blue check in Twitter right now. I'm just going to point and laugh. Like, it just, it, it feels unearned. Now, if you go to Victory Lane, yeah, you get to wear it. Okay, so I opened nogginboss.com. Oh my God. What do you guys think the cost of one of these hats is, if you just want to buy one right now? Well, I think the Hendrick one, or that Byron one, was like one. 25 or 150 somewhere in there so, so we don't have to spend a lot of time on this their, their basic hats are 75 bucks plus shipping so i'm out wow that that's like the cost of a jersey like you know like a knockoff jersey honestly so like that's not a bad cost for what you're getting i'm actually going to be shocked if my company doesn't sell these <laughs> <laughs> your company that cannot be named because they don't sponsor us yet yeah with a company employers boss Come on, sponsor us. Let's go. All right. Well, let's. uh, That takes us to the end of Phoenix. Any last comments on Phoenix on the racing action? I think we covered it pretty well. Really excited to see how everything else kind of changes with this this car and how they can develop this car with the the new package at the short tracks through the end of the year. Don't think we'll see the same cars that were dominant here necessarily be dominant at the end of the year. And also, really hoping to get that PJ one out of that top lane so that. You gotta race the bottom at Phoenix. It will make the racing so much better. Um, so hoping they can fix that before we get back here for the championship. But um, some storylines I wanted to cover. Start with the first one. Um, Do y'all hear about this? The Blaney blasphemy, as I'm calling it, um, from Kyle Petty this week. Um, Enlighten us. Actually, last week. Tell but. me, dish. Yeah. So Kyle Petty came out to say that uh, he thought Blaney is way overrated. Um, yeah. Went so far as to mention a little bit about him getting his ride due to name, which is funny coming from a petty. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it people went up in arms about it. Obviously, Blaney's got a lot of babes out there, so um, this whole panel included. So yeah, you're looking at one of them. Um, yeah. I met Kyle Petty once. Uh, I met him multiple times, and I didn't know who he was when I met him. And so I guess all that I have to Burn. say is take that, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> you knew who Blaney was when you met him. In fact, oh, you yeah. made him laugh. <laughs> That's the main difference. Yeah. Between <laughs> the two of them? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was like, who's this weirdo with a ponytail? Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no. What, what other? I was asking y'all what other storylines do we got? Mike Joy. Cullen NASCAR fans keyboard warriors as this is where a lot of complaints about the Daytona race. Why are we going full, not side-by-side commercials? And Mike Joy, I believe the exact quote was, for all those keyboard warriors out there, this is our last green flag full commercial break or something along those lines. And it was just like, come on, dude. Like, how, I hate to use this phrase, but how cringeworthy. Yeah, like we don't need to be doing this. You're just gonna piss fans off and insult fans. Like Mike, come on, bud. Ca- call it how it is. Just say you're going to your last green stage or green flag, full screen caution. Come back and be like, all right, we're we're with you the rest of the way here. There's there's absolutely no reason to call people keyboard warriors like that. I you know, 
just got one thing to say in response to that. Mike Joy and that. (laughs) Nailed it. Yeah, well well said. Um, My one comment on this, because I I just totally agree. I think it's cringy. I don't like it. Um, It made me call out Fox Sports Broadcasting a bit on our Twitter account. At Podcast Big One. Um, in trouble. Yeah, I, 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 maybe I did. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I just, I just think it's unbecoming. Um, you know, it's the fans that are that are trying to give you feedback on how you should run things, and in yes, you you can tell them to shut up in a in in a lot of different ways. I think it's wrong to just be like, yeah, we're gonna go to our last green flag, you know, uh, commercial, and then you're gonna show three more side by side commercials before the end of the race, right? Like. I, it's it's they're listening to the fans they're mad about it and they're not actually doing anything and they're still mad about it it just doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. the last thing i'll say because you didn't quite capture it verbatim and i noticed this because i went back and re- re- listened to it is he said for you keyboard warriors i'm gonna say this in one breath and then he did it like very direct he said like last green flag you know uh, uh ad ads or whatever he said i i can't even say it he said it really nicely and so I think he might have been calling out the people who said that he had to add a bunch of disclaimers to the last time he said it because it wasn't as well rehearsed and might have just been calling out that very small subset, which that small subset, yeah, fuck them. Who cares? Yeah, I agree. Let me stick on this one for a little bit. Um, I am very close to watching the race on delay and putting MRN on and yes. just totally dumping the Fox broadcast. I, I literally can't stand what they're doing with their commentary right now. Like you said earlier, they're treating it like it's a joke. Um, NBC treats it like it's a sport that's to be respected. Fox is just like treating this like a joke and it's really starting to make me angry. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Boyer is the worst. I've like, I, I, I enjoyed him when he was a driver and I've lost any amount of like uh, respect or interest in him. I'm not going to lie. Uh, my name is very similar for those that don't know. And when you say it, please pronounce it with the W in there. Um, <laughs> I think you were talking about me for a second. I was like, whoa, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> shots fired. You're canceled. All right. Done. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I like. I think everything that they've done in the past several years is pointing to the same thing, which is just like, we need Clint Boyer in the booth because he makes the race entertaining. And it's like, no, the racing makes the broadcast entertaining. The broadcast just has to do a good job covering it, and they've like not invested well in that part, right? They miss shit all the time. We we complain about that. Um, you know, they they have to cover things with a lot of commercials because they have to pay someone's salary. I guess Clint Boyer's. Um, that's the part that's frustrating to fans. Like, I, I, honestly, if you turn off the commentary and you just have really good camera footage of what the fuck's going on, I would like that better. With less commercials. I would like that better than having Clint Boyer saying whatever the hell he's saying up in yeah. the booth. Occasionally he's entertaining. Occasionally he makes me laugh. Most of the time he doesn't. Um, most of the time he annoys me. So, Just my personal opinion. I know some people really like him. So. Allow me to NASCAR turn it up all race. The, oh, I will say disclaimer is the best thing Clint Boyer did all weekend was he broke out of the the turn it or what NASCAR crank turn it, it up. Crank it whatever. up. Just because the the Harvick was passing for the lead, and he was like, "Yeah, we're done. We're done with the turn it up. Like a pass for the lead is actually happening. This is great." And I I commend him for that. That was good. What's going on with Jimmy Johnson? Oh, he's racing Coda. That's amazing, dude. This lineup, this special guest lineup for Coda, super good. Rules. Jim yeah. Jam, Jimmy Jam Johnson is racing there. We got Jensen Button also racing there, although he's is he with Rick Ware racing? Yeah, RWR. Yeah. So he's not gonna place well, but still, Jensen Button, it's British a British guy, course. love it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I wonder if this is sort of a deal uh, related to him driving at Le Mans. Like, I wonder if this is gonna get him used to sort of driving a car like this in an actual race. Maybe I feel like the cars are gonna be so different, though. You know, yeah. I don't know. Um, Kimi Raikkonen also going to be there. Can't wait. The Iceman. Uh, and then Connor Daly. What a combo. Yeah, Coda's going to rule. Connor's with the, uh, the money team. And so, like, probably the worst 
even worse than RWR type of equipment. So I I like I like that to include his name because obviously that's a big draw and I think that's a really really good person to have in a car. I just wish that they were in better equipment. Um, that said, charter system you have a full time driver. There's not a lot of these like type of open rides. Um, I would have liked to have seen um, twenty three eleven potentially sport another car um, and put someone like Jensen Button in it would be dope because um, at least then that would be a pretty competitive team. But Raikkonen, Jimmy, both very competitive cars. Jensen, he'll probably have an okay race. Connor Daly, I doubt it. So, Have either of you guys ever been to Coda? Been no. by it. I've not been to it for a race. It's a really cool track, though. From Same on my end, yeah. It's, I was just doing a little research. Um, Open in 2010, or Open mm-hmm. in 2012, broke around in 2010. So newer, newer track, and obviously they have a lot of F1, and Cool that NASCAR goes there for a nice uh, mix-it-up road course. Hopefully yeah. it's better this year than it was last year because, as, as people have talked about and we have as well, uh, we got to start delivering on some of these road courses and short tracks, but NASCAR's working on it, so hopefully this year's better. Yeah, I mean, t- package changes, format changes without those the breaks, you know. Like, it's uh, they're doing everything that they can. Um, I'm really curious about how the 80s fan is going to feel about a lot of this. Obviously, like, I was a 90s fan and then 2000s and 2010s. Y'all are what I would call 2010s fans. That's when you became fans. Um, 80s fans are kind of what they're catering to to go back to like such an old style like this to remove all the downforce. And I'm just curious if they're going to show back up or if that ship has sailed. Um, we'll see. Cool. Uh, no other series really racing this weekend. I mean, there were some short track races. I saw some Twitter videos, some fights, some arrests. Classic short wow. track stuff. Amazing. Um, some some drama at Hickory Speedway about you know disqualifying a guy, um, all kinds of different little short track stuff. But no F one. Um, I think it's two weeks now. Uh, no, week next weekend F one. It's this like this coming weekend. Uh yes. So. Oh well, who where are we going? Well, it is. Uh, sorry. Let me let me pull up the yeah this coming weekend. Uh, oh. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, he looks that I up. No I, I don't know. I'm not going to make it because I'm going to be flying to South Africa. Or uh, I might watch it on the plane. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, here we go. Sunday, uh, we're going to Saudi Arabia, Jeddah Corniche Circuit. Does that sound right? Yep. Yes. That makes sense. All right, Saudi Arabia on Sunday for F1. We'll see. Nice. I'm very, I think, honestly, Anybody the most be there? interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Stop we, by on the way to South we're Africa. We're going to be meeting there. Um, the most interesting thing to watch, I think, is going to be the Aston Martin performance. Keep an yeah. eye out for it. For sure. Um, cool. And it's a really good track for a lot of great passing opportunities, really good long straights for the uh, DRS. Like, you can get you can get some pretty good racing action here. I believe um, that the last race there, uh, there were a bunch of missile attacks on an oil facility near the track. So, uh, let's hope. Let's hope things near the track aren't uh, still blowing up. Always, I I cross my fingers for that every weekend at the NASCAR track. Likewise, um, sometimes that's true, sometimes it isn't. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, so speaking of NASCAR tracks, where are we going this weekend, Baby G? This weekend, Atlanta Motor Speedway. So we got the reconfig uh, a number of years back. I think. Wait, just one year back. Um, just a year back. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, Speaking of that, we only have uh, previous winners for 2022 since the reconfig is really the only thing that matters and what we're racing on right now. So 2022 winners were Elliott and Byron. So back to the three series um, racing this week. So we got Truck uh, Saturday and Xfinity on Saturday. So a little double header action mm-hmm. instead of your typical Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, Truck Saturday, 2 Eastern, the FR8 208. Is that the Freight 208? Freight, I believe the yeah. Freight 208. Um, 30 stage one, 30 stage two, 75 stage three, Xfinity Saturday, five Eastern. I'm assuming either five Eastern or X amount of time after the, uh, truck. That's the Raptor 250. So we got 40 stage one, 40 stage two and 83 for stage three cup Sunday afternoon racing three Eastern and better health 400, 60, 100 and 100. So that's your breakdown for Atlanta Motor Speedway, which now racing like a super speedway. Yeah, this is uh this is my home track. Um, I, I, I you know I've lived kind of all over, but I call Atlanta my home track, and I've always loved it. 
and I like that it's rekindled in this way. I got to go to that that race um, last year and had a blast. I mean, it's 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 great. Um, that's the best ticket in the city of Atlanta, potentially Saturday over Sunday, um, just because you get the double header. But like, man, it's a that's a good time if you live in the Atlanta area. It's just down in Hampton. I know they don't have a casino there yet, but they will soon. You should still go down to this race. It's gonna be a damn good time. What's the tailgate scene like before this thing? Haven't been there in person. How how crazy are we getting? Are we throwing people through tables, or are we just kind of casually drinking some beers and cocktails? You know, at the tailgate scene, there'll be people camping for the weekend for sure, but like not quite like Talladega, which is only like an hour and a half uh, west of there. Um, Talladega gets rowdy. I bet though, if the racing action continues to get better, or people react very well to last year's racing action in Atlanta, it's gonna pick up and it's gonna be a good time. So. Um, yeah, I'm sad. I'm sad I won't be there. Are we going to get rowdy in Charlotte? Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. We're going to eat Bojangles. Mm-hmm. That much I know. We need more open mic moments for, for the start and end Ooh, of these podcasts. Baby. Uh, so there will be a lot of that for sure. Um, and we got dads coming too. So, you know, oh, that always gets nice. rowdy. Um, all right. Uh, what's, what are some changes to the race this year, uh, new guy? Uh, we got a shorter race than last year and a new pit road commitment line. Tell me about this new pit road commitment line. Sure. Yeah. So basically, um, because there were so many people trying to get to the pit pit road as you would do at a, at a mile and a half, right. As you come off turn four and you've got a whole freight train of cars behind you. It didn't work out super well last year. There were a couple times of guys missing pit lanes, spinning out or just getting in the way of guys that were trying to be out there, you know, pack racing so what they did was they made the commitment line now at the beginning of turn three and you have to go all the way around on the apron at pit road speed which is gotta be one of the longest pit roads in nascar now um i think pocono probably had that record before it's probably atlanta now that's a long long distance to be going pit road speed so do not be caught speeding that will set you down several laps Am I correct in understanding that uh, the racing in Atlanta is expected to be like pack racing this year? Yes, pack racing, like uh, last year as well. So they they made it a progressive banking, also very, very high banking. I think the only one that might be more banked than that is um, Bristol right now. And yeah, um, it's pack racing. It was two by two basically most of the year last year. Um, We called it out before the podcast started, but... Chase Elliott won the race that, uh, 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 or didn't win the race I was at. Byron won the race I was at. But Chase Elliott won his race late in the year, blocking Corey LaJoy coming to the finish line. Very exciting finish. Um, just, it's awesome. Uh, it's it's Talladega and Daytona with way less room and way faster reaction times needed. I was watching it last year for the with the first race of the reconfigure, and I was like, what am I even watching? We're on, it's super speedway racing on a short track, so it's just like, absolutely insane to see that on what is this a mile and a half or yeah it feels like a video game like it feels like a video game track it doesn't feel real yet granted the track's super new last year obviously it doesn't wear a ton in just a year i'm gonna be really curious i'm curious to see how this will look in five or six years because you don't have a lot of room to catch the car and if you start getting those bumps like daytona used to have before it's repave you i racing folks might know what i'm talking about yeah uh, holy fuck. <laughs> uh, I, Wreck City, man. This sounds like a good race to go to. You know, yeah. We'll see how this uh, We'll see how this year goes, but this could be a good target for uh, 24. Yeah. Speaking of uh, making uh, good targets, let's talk about smart and heart picks. Wow. Let me do our recap of where we're at. Um, last weekend, B-Boy, me, had uh, Ross Chastain and Kyle Larson. New guy had Bowman and Bubba. Baby G had Harvick and Reddick. I think it's pretty clear who won the weekend. The best average from last weekend was Baby G. Also had the best finishing driver in Kevin Harvick. Looking third weekend in a row where you look like you were potentially going to win. Uh, you did win two weeks ago. And so, man, Baby G, you're you're closing gaps right now. Closing gaps for sure. Had a huge gap to close. We're making a, making a little early season push to get back in the pack here, boys. I think what's so wild is that in terms of best finish and worst finish, you have three best finishes out of four and two out of the four worst finishes. So go you bigger, go pick home. them right. You're Ricky Stenhousing this shit right now, um, yeah. which I, I love to see. Um, 
we're not going to go through the rest of the statistics. Let's just start calling them out. We've got Atlanta. Our average finishes right now, order-wise, is B-Boy with 17.88 in last place. Baby G closing the gap down to 14 on his average, and New Guy still with the lead at 11.25. Um, means you actually stuff, hurt stuff. your average uh, this past week, New Guy. You're the only one that hurt your average. Uh, I like to think I'm consistent. Yeah. I would have I would have closed the gap a lot more if had Danny Hamlin not taken out Ross, Ross Chastain on the final damn lap. Um, but I'm going to start with my smart pick. Um, and as I do, as is tradition, I have to look at the points because I don't have this ready. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Blaney. You son of a gun. <laughs> I am going to jump in on Bowman here, 48. Bowman, back-to-back weeks as a, your smart pick. Oh, was he my smart pick last year? Oh, last oh year? I'm uh, sorry. Never mind. That was new guy. I, I, I was going to say, man, you're, you're changing my picks my up on me. i got to audit these numbers. Go back and listen to these podcasts. <laughs> What's going on here? He's, who's auditing this st- this, um, these numbers. Don't, don't look at it. I'm going to say... Uh, wait a minute. I'm going to say Byron. Byron. Who? Yeah, why not? Why not pick the guy that won here last year and is on a two-race streak? That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Call for that trifecta. Thank you. All right. Well, outside the top ten is how we pick our heart picks. I hope I'm wrong, here. but... Uh, I also want to win, so I'm gonna go Joey Logano, the 22. Let me hit. Got a good feeling about Bubba. Bubba Wallace. Super speedways are kind of his deal, so let's see him see him bring one home. So, so I know I messed this up last time in saying that you picked the 48 twice in a row. Bubba and and Bowman were. The, the picks of new guy last week, so he just took his picks. But. Wow. Slide in. He's mm-hmm. been consistent with the follows lead. Pick. I'm going to choose my main man, Daniel Suarez. So the big ninety nine. The big he was uh, he was I was thinking about him as well, but ultimately went with Bubba. Noted. All right. Well <laughs> that's been our smart and heart picks. That kind of brings us to the end of our, our segment of uh race predictions, what's going on. And that brings us to my favorite segment rapid fire who wants to jump in here first this week i got one if you guys uh want me to hit you with it so this this is one uh i don't know how this will play but if you could reconfigure one track what would it be and what would you do to it i'd make talladega a short track (laughs) (laughs) oh how the hell are we gonna do that that's gonna need some engineering just do the infield with the pit lane um yeah, Texas is the <laughs> obvious choice, right? I mean, Texas is what they should have made a short track. Um, yikes, yikes, yikes! I would love to see another. Uh, I would love to see another Roval. I does Pocono have a? It does. It has an inside has a course, course yeah. inside. I don't know if that counts though. Yeah, well, you don't race it, so I I would say like reconfiguring it means being able to race that as part of the cup. I would count that. Yeah, I would say either uh, Pocono Road Course or at a road course at Michigan. Mm. Roval, man, but that two miles—it's our only two miler now. Yeah, that's good. You'd have to have two races at Michigan: one of them Roval, one of them not. For sure. What about you, Baby G? I think Texas Motor Speedway is my number one oh, track. Oh, fuck, that's the obvious one. Damn. Literally yeah. just blow the thing up and start over, try something, man. Mm-hmm. Like, we've kind of talked about this on prior seasons. These Texas races, you're getting a real solid nap in. All right, I got I got what we should do to Texas. I think we should turn it into Indy, but only a mile. So four corners, even more banking. Basically give it the Atlanta treatment. That, wow. you know, smaller Talladega, smaller Indy, high banks. Brian, that idea rules. Have you floated this to the the big dogs up at NASCAR yet? Or you I'm, I'm going to throw it up there. we see them in Charlotte at our meet and greet. We, yeah, we need some uh, sponsorship just to get some some carrier pigeons to get these ideas to the right places. So mm-hmm. hit us up. All right, my rapid fire is about, again, the louvers and about 
if NASCAR is going to be enacting these penalties, which we didn't get into, 100 points, 10 playoff points, uh, big fines, really, really big fines. I think it might have been $100,000 last year. That's what I saw, yep. So they might be doing that to four teams, $400,000. It's going to be big. Um, Should they be really taking into consideration the performance gain of the things, or should it be cut and dry if you if you edited the parts in any way, you're done. I think it has to be cut and dry because if it's only penalizing on the performance, then you can just keep on cheating over and over and over, and you can keep on trying out different things. Fair point. Yep. It's okay. got to be cut and dry for me as well because I don't know how you can make that judgment call on is, is the cheating performance enough to mm-hmm. warrant the penalty, or are you just saying we're modifying parts, boom, penalty? Well, I, I think when I thought of this, I actually wasn't really thinking about the louvers. I mean, obviously, the 24 and the 5 car were still dominant without or with whatever changes needed to be made. But, like, I was really thinking about it was Denny and was it Denny and Kyle Busch or Denny and Martin Truex last year that had the little pieces of tape at the front at Pocono and got disqualified. Oh, yeah. That, to me, was, like, the more egregious one where it's, like, it definitely did not make that big of a difference. And, like, should they be weighing that in any kind of way i was thinking mostly mm, about that but interesting um, I, and i don't, honestly don't know where i would stand on this so um you know it just seems like the type of thing that's not hard to avoid yeah true um you know yeah. for something like that tape i would be okay with the punishment being that like they have to take his boxers and fly him on the flagpole in front of the racetrack before the race <laughs> Like, that's an acceptable punishment for me for something that small. It's like, hey, it's your first time. All right, well, get pranked, bro. But no serious thing. But, you know, yeah, it's just like, if you're going to cheat, fucking be good at it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Rapid fire, new guy? Uh, Sure. Do you, how would you feel about, so we've got, you know, as you were alluding to earlier, uh, like with these, Rick Ware cars, we've got bad cars that we sub drivers into for these special races. How would you feel about, like, if there were cup-sponsored cars, one or two cup-sponsored cars that could just be used by NASCAR to bring in special guests or bring up, like, an Xfinity driver for one or two races? So would NASCAR be footing the bill on these and footing yes. the teams and running them? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. I kind of – my brain went a totally different way as you were asking this question, so I'm just going to say what I was thinking, which is I think what we really need to get rid of the RWRs of the world um, is we need a relegation system. I get that we have the thing of, like, if you finish 30-something, 30 32nd or worse, 34th or worse, it's something really low in points – Four years in a row, you lose your charter. It's it's ridiculous. And even this year, what they did was they took the car that's done it three times in a row, and they switched that charter over to a better-performing RWR car so that it won't finish outside the top whatever. And it's just it's all dumb. It's, it's way too easy to navigate around. What they should do, and they should have a relegation system in which if you are one of the worst-performing teams, your charter is up for for sale Ooh. at a at a NASCAR set price from one of the top I don't know four or eight teams maybe um, from Xfinity, but it has to be one of those drivers that goes into that car. That is an interesting idea. I like it. Keeps keeps drivers with teams that brought them to that point. Allows people like Colleague and like these guys that want to potentially expand their teams to invest back in Xfinity because that's how you can get those charters. I think it I think it would be awesome. I think that this is a very good idea and I want to propose I think this is a very good idea and I don't want to cheapen it with this proposal. <laughs> but okay. I do want to make this proposal an aside. Which yes. is that there's some mechanism by which there's relegation in Xfinity and promotion in truck. And yes. after you get promoted out of truck for one year, you still have to drive a fucking truck. Uh, oh, and you got to earn that Xfinity car. Oh, damn. Oh, uh, baby. I'm all Trucks? for mixing series. Let's go. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. 
why are we racing two Saturday races instead of one Saturday race with both sets of cars? Thank you. That would be absolutely chaos, and I would be very interested to see what happens. I'm here for it. Trucks have their start-finish line on the back stretch. Let's go. I've got nothing to add on the previous topic, so let me jump into my next one here. So if you could have one job in NASCAR on race day, other than driver, what would it be? So you're at the track or on a team. What are you, what are you wanting to do for uh, for NASCAR here? Yeah, I got I got mine. Mine's so easy. Um, I wanted to be a commentator. I wanted to be a commentator of like multiple sports growing up, but obviously NASCAR. I'm the you know like so many kids had little NASCARs and was commentating races in my little bedroom for years uh, until a very old age. Um, uh, for a kid to still be doing that, that's still what I would like to do. That's why I have a podcast. Um, you know, so. Do we have any of that on audio that we could put in as a bonus episode, or is that all lost in the ether? I wish. Let's get me drunk. Let's get me some little cars and let me go at it, and let's see what happens. <laughs> well, but, I mean, I think any kid did that back in the day, right? I remember watching yeah. football or sports, or you're playing in the backyard, and like, oh, my God, he's going deep. Touchdown. Oh, for Stuff sure. like that. So I don't know that that's mine. I mean, I think for me, I think I'd want to see what it would take to be a pit crew guy. I certainly don't have the build and the body style for it, but – Put me out there. I'll try to lug some tires around, throw some gas in a car. I think it'd be uh, something that you could gain a hell of a lot of respect for what those guys do on a weekend and week out basis, and then see what type of practice they have to do throughout the week and film study to make those pit stops happen as fast and clean as they do 99%, not 99%, 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. I'd be the Grand Marshal. And I would oh, be the Grand Marshal yeah, dude, sweet. Week. But <laughs> it's not announced before the race. And, and they go, and now. Running. Yeah, and now is our favorite segment. New guy starts the race. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, my final rapid fire. Uh, not as fun as that one, but just really like, what's y'all's thoughts on the Denny and Ross thing? Is it over? Should it be over? I don't want is to is it childish? What's going on? Yeah, it's childish, and I love it. I don't want it to be over. <laughs> I love this drama. Denny is a baby. Uh, and Ross is, he seems like a sweetie who also doesn't have enough, uh, he doesn't have enough experience to like really know really uh, super well how to respond to what Denny is doing, Mm. I guess. I'm, I'm here to watch it, uh, continue to play out. At a certain point for me, I'd like to see these guys bury the hatchet and move on and just start racing each other clean, um. I don't think it does anybody good to be intentionally letting go of a wheel and trying to put the other guy into the wall. You're just costing costing them money, potentially costing guys up in the front. Yeah. If caution comes out, then you've got to do another restart. Somebody potentially loses a race. I think it's just kind of childish at this point. Like There was some conversation that there was video of them after the race having a talk in, um, you know, outside of the cars, and it looked pretty cordial. So... I hope these guys can just kind of bury this and move forward and do some clean racing. Race to the hard, but let's not continue this this activity. I think I think what's always really interesting in these situations is, like, it's never fully buried. You're now always going to race that guy a little bit harder for forever. And so, like the magnet, you know, metaphor, they will come together again. And then oh, yeah. everything comes back up. It's, you know, oh, you yeah. start fighting with the girlfriend. That's probably how it's going to end, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things. I... I almost asked this question as to like what pranks should they start doing off the track if they if they get told not to do anything on the track. Uh, so I I want to follow up with that question and ask you what the best on track or sorry off track prank would be. I'm dropping a whoopee cushion in his car so when he jumps in and sits in it, you get a nice little rip ski. Mm, nice, it's real good. Real um, harmless, you know, a little good, all good fun. I'm uh, let's see, I'm either tying the shoelaces together classic one of my favorites uh, i could go back to uh a recently mentioned topic which is hanging the underwear on the flagpole that's a good one yeah uh or cutting the brake line on the golf cart <laughs> <laughs> dear god Ooh, <laughs> man. Uh, wow yeah that's a good one uh i, I didn't know you had in you yeah yeah seriously <laughs> i've got to watch myself in my golf cart around you yeah yeah <laughs> Um, mine was going to be super glue, the driver's seat. Um, you know, yeah. I would never do that to someone else and like ruin someone's thing, but like driver's suits get kind of ruined on a race weekend anyway. So like, mm. fuck it. I think it'd be hilarious. 
you're tired, you can't get out of the seat, and you don't know why. Oh, no. That's so sad. <laughs> There's something so sad about that. Oh, All right. New guy. You know, you my uh, talking about these two in this topic, it made me think one of my uh, favorite podcasts, they've started doing an F1 podcast, and they, during the most recent episode, did a segment where they went through all of the drivers and ranked them as uh, speedy sweeties or rude racers. And I think that if we ha- ever have a episode where we're light on content, uh, going through the drivers and just sort of talking about how we feel about them, uh, that could be a thing to do. If only we were like F1 racing every other weekend and had yeah. weeks off, yeah. you know. Um, can save I that digress. for Texas. Huh? We can save that for Texas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, damn two good slams on Texas this week. Yeah, Texas is taking punches it. left and right. Um, my final question is: Do you think that these BS end of race cautions ever come to bite NASCAR? Does NASCAR yes. ever suffer in any material, noticeable way because of these cautions? Hmm. That qualifier, no. Okay. Because like people, people that are most upset about it. And that actually notice it are tuning in every week, no matter what. Say yeah. we're coming back next weekend anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're already yeah. planning on going to races. But I think that I think it upsets people to the point that they start thinking like less about inviting their friends or or like showing their friends in the fact of like like F one for instance. Let me put it this way: for F one, I thought F one was really cool. I started you know trying to get my dad and my brothers into it. Um, and then, you know, just the more that I've watched it and seen everything that's gone on with the FIA and, and, and just with the teams and, yeah. and last year's kind of results and everything, um, and, and how this year pointed, I've stopped doing that. I've stopped trying. That's so a, I think some, some more could happen. I, I, when I watched, uh, I watched all of the Daytona 500 with my buddy Jake and, uh, he never, he hadn't watched a full NASCAR race ever, mm. if not for a very long time. And his the number one comment that he had afterwards was, "Yeah, that was like way more entertaining than I thought, but it kind mm-hmm. of sucked that the race just finished with a crash." Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think that's the place where it materially hurts NASCAR. I think you've made a very good point. Like that's one of the most blatant places. Is it's hard to rope in new people if it just finishes with bullshit. Yeah, imagine roping someone in specifically this weekend, right at Phoenix, because at Vegas we got some, uh, we did get some good green white checkers this week too. But like, if you could get someone so into what happened here at Phoenix, the nuance of the twenty-four and the five dominating, how hard it was in their new car, and then to have watched Harvick defy all odds and get up there and take that lead, and then have a caution come out, like like to sell someone a new fan on that, and then watch that caution come out for something so dumb. And then be like, yeah, this is actually how it's going to finish. Not for the guy that just, like, defied all odds. It, like, man, really takes the wind out of everything you were trying to sell as a product, right? So. Yeah, it'd be like, what the heck happened there? That number four was dominating, and then he came in pit road, and now he's in eighth or fifth. I don't remember where he finished. I should because he was my pick. But it, it's like, what happened there? He was crushing it the whole race, mm-hmm. and then some other guy goes and squeaks out a win, and it's like, oh, now it's over. Like, what happened there? So, yeah, I, I think it's interesting I hope it doesn't continue to be a problem we will see this year, but uh, it's, yeah, like you guys said, kind of a tough sell at times where your races are seem to be ending in crashes or green-white checkers all the time here, so we'll see. Yeah. Cool. Well, that brings us to the end of Rapid Fire, <laughs> which then leads us right into New Guy Reads the Standings. Well, well, well. If it isn't the segment, New Guy Reads the Sandings once again for another week. Well, actually, we won't have New Guy Reading the Sandings uh, because big update after recording with the penalties that were weighed against the colleague and Hendrick Race teams, uh, as well as Denny Hamlin's 11 JGR team, we have new standings. So this is B-Boy Reading the Sandings. We have now in first place, Kevin Harvick with 151 points. Second place, Ross Chastain in the one. Third place, Christopher Bell. Fourth, Ryan Blaney. Fifth, Kyle Busch. Sixth, we have Martin Truex Jr. Seventh, Daniel Suarez. Eighth, Joey Logano. 
9th, Brad Keselowski, 10th, Chris Buescher, 11th, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 12th is where Denny now sits, minus those 25 points. Um, remember, those are just driver points. They are not owner points. So actually, from an owner's perspective, they're still 5th. Um, 13th is Bubba Wallace, 14th, Austin Sindrick, 15th, Corey LaJoy inside the uh, the top 16. And then the rounding out the top 16 is Michael McDowell. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming, the Big One Podcast. I um, a couple of comments on here again. Early seasons where like speculation and storylines can come from from just reading the standings, but like surprised to see Martin Truex as high as he is. Feel like nobody has said his name at all. All four races. Um, again, Clash. I think he was there, but like that was it. Um, and then yeah, look at uh, Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher. RFK Racing, both in the top 16, four races in. Pretty pretty good. Um, I, those are what stick out to me. Um, do want to point out, because I think this is funny, that uh, Travis Pastrana is in 34th place with one start. Then we have BJ McLeod right behind him, and then Ty Dillon, both of which who have four starts. Ty Dillon, man, I, that 77 is the same equipment as Corey LaJoy in the seven, who's 18th. Wow. Yep. Uh, is there anyone down, uh, like, 20th and below that you're surprised to see down low? Ty obviously Gibbs, Chase, probably. Obviously, yeah, Ty Gibbs, Chase Elliott, he's injured, so he's going to be down there the entire season. Um, yeah, Ty Gibbs, I, mean, I, I thought he was going to have a strong year, yeah. but he's rookie struggles for sure so far for baby Gibbs. I mean, there's a couple race winners down here, right? Chase Briscoe won a race. Eric Jones won a race. Eric Almarola has, has been competitive. Ryan Priest. I mean, the, the three of the four Stuart Haas cars are 25th, 26th, 27th. So, like, are they going to be there all year? Harrison Burton, who looks in like way in over his head right oh, now. Oh, for sure, um, man. He's geez. lost out there. Holy smokes. Um, Noah Gregson way down there in 32nd. But granted, not that far issue, though, right? gives for that rookie of the year. So, that's good. It's early. It's early. At least Tyler Reddick's out of the basement. He's uh sitting right there in twentieth now. Two back to back good finishes. So do y'all think yeah, Chase Elliott is gonna qualify for the playoffs this year? I think it depends on when he comes back. I think so too, but I also think like he does really well during the late summer. Yeah. And so those races just like line up pretty well for him and for Hendrick. So and because of Hendrick's domination, I'm gonna say yes. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I think he gets in. He's gonna get a win at some point, I would say. Last oh, thing on Josh standings Barry for me is Yeah, Josh Berry as well. Last thing on standings for me, so it looks like seven Chevys, five Fords, and four Toyotas. So decent mix, uh, up in the top sixteen right now. Ooh, good math. Good call out. Yeah. Chevy's won all four races, but it almost looked like they won it with Harvick getting up there. So at least yeah, same with Blaney in the two as well. Mm-hmm. True, yeah, with, with yeah finishing second overall. Yeah, cool. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. This has been the Big One Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Big One, um, or email us at podcastbigone at gmail.com if you have things that you want us to talk about, discuss, or you just want to say hi because we want to say hi, and then we also want to say bye because I've been B Boy. I have a new guy. This has been Baby G. Thank you so much. See you next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.